Hello, this is Walnut Grove Baptist Church's podcast. We are in Carthage, Texas, and that is in Panola County. Our pastor is Reverend David P. Mitchell, and our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher, is Deacon Glenn Wade. But thank you so much for joining us, and you'll be joining this uh, current episode that's in progress. All right. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We, we thank you for life, health, and spirit. Thank you for waking us up this morning. Now, Lord, we ask that you intervene with us on tonight. Bless the teacher, bless the student. Let us all be receptions unto your word that we can go and apply it to our daily lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, Deacon Wade. Deacon mm-hmm. Wade for the future. Uh-oh, the wrong Sister Nina. I'm sorry. Sorry, Sister Nina. Okay. What, what is the topic? Um, sorry about that. I'm just going to for the future. Oh, my goodness. I've got time to tell you that while I Seeking way, do you mind giving the scripture? Because I, I gave my friend the wrong scripture. Second Kings 22, 14 through okay. 20. Thank you. At a time when, when we as a nation is looking for leaders with wisdom, uh, it seems like we are liking that quite a bit nowadays. Uh, I seen where one of the leaders was spent so much time reading Dr. Seuss and and uh, there's so much uh, phonyism as I call it in that nobody seemed to know what uh, it is to lead the country the way it needs to be led. We find out that that is nothing new because even though they had problem more with religion and uh, uh, as it pertains to serving the Lord in those days, they still had kings that were not uh, equipped to handle what they were set out to do. God had said that he would be king of Israel, but Israel wanted a a king like the rest of the nation had. And we know that Solomon uh, was the first one and he failed to follow the orders of God and and uh, the country uh, did not fare well. And David took over and David was uh, a follower of God. And that Acts says in Acts thirteen twenty two, I believe it says that God said, David would do all my will. Uh, he was well pleased with what David had done. But when leading up to after David, we had a number of kings, and one of them was uh, Hezekiah. And Hezekiah followed the orders of God and led the country in, in uh, the ways of the Lord. But after him became Manasseh, and Manasseh was not a, uh, he led the kingdom into idolatryism and after him was Amon and Amon only lasted about a year or so and he led the uh, 
kingdom in idolatrism, and worshiping the moon and the stars and all those kind of things. And so many times we worship the things that God created instead of worshiping the creator. And then there was Hosea. Hosea was became king at the early age of only eight years old. And this this today's lesson picks up when he's been king for 18 years. And uh, after those uh, that time, he is uh, he became king of Judea, and, and he reigned for 31 years in uh, in Jerusalem. And in 18 year of King Hosea's reign, uh, he sent uh, men to Achia, the high priest, to gather silver uh, given by the people to deliver it to those that had the oversight of the work of the house of the Lord. What he was doing was rebuilding the house of the Lord because uh, his former assessors had actually torn it down. Uh, they refused to, to follow the, the teachings of God and that they'd have no other God before them. So the money that was given was given to the carpenters and the builders and the masonry. And a portion of it was used to buy timber and huge stones to repair the house of God. And while they were repairing the house of God, Akia found a book. It was the book of the law uh, of the Lord that was told, and it was uh, told to Sipham the scribe. And the scribe became uh, came to the king and told him about the law's book that was found in the house of the Lord. And King Hosea had Sephim the scribe read the book of the law to him. And after hearing uh, what God had written in the book of the law, King Hosea sent uh, rent his clothes. And the king commanded the high priest and two others of his servants to go and acquire of the Lord the meaning of the words in the book of the law concerning Judea, the people, the land, and the king. And this lesson tonight is what happens when he does that. So we find out that uh, he is going to, they are going to go in the absence of the prophet Jeremiah and the urgency of the issue, issue and the lack of divine knowledge on the part of the high priest and the scribes uh, the men sought one that had a reputation for interpreting the word of God, a, a priestess named Hilda. And they went to her for interpretation of the law's book. And we find that this law's book meant that the people did not have the word of God. That the people did not have the word of God uh, to read, to 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 preach, and be taught to them. In other words, maybe, and I'm not saying that it is, and that's stretching a lot. And we're not supposed to add anything to the word of God, but we find out that maybe one of the reasons, maybe that they were in idolatry, is because they didn't have the word of God being taught to them, because they didn't have the book. What they are, what they are missing is is the as many believe it's the first five books of the book of uh, uh, 
of Moses, which which were contained, which the law were contained in, and that how they were to serve the Lord. This meant that divine guidance was absent in the reading and teaching and the preaching, and and that what they the hearing the word of God. The book of the law had been lost, oddly enough, in the house of God. Uh, as a this is a reminder uh, to us that a number of ministers come before the people of God at church and without the Bible and without any divine direction for the people. It shows us how necessary it is for the teachers and the preachers of God's word to return to the Bible because it is it is urgent that the the people that are gathered to hear the word of God uh, hear it from the word of God concerning his issues on, on different uh, issues concerning the world today. So we find out that they were lacking in one of the main things that they needed, which was the word of God. So the urgency to hear from uh, God concerning the prophecy against Judea and the people of the king uh, and the king is what the king wanted to know. So Akiah, the priest, and a king, and uh, Agbar, and Shepan, and as as uh, Asa went to Hilda, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, and the son of Kabar, and the son of Hesar, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they commune with her. Now Hilda has been blessed with the uh, gift of prophecy and to convey the truth of God to men that saw the special word of divine understanding concerning the faith of God's people and the ring of a forgiven king. There is no record of God calling her to be a prophet. She is not seen in scripture. There is no other scene in scripture where God uses her to speak on behalf other than this one occasion. Normally, when a prophet is called, like Jeremiah or uh, uh, Isaiah or some of those, God has uh, used that person in in many different ways. Uh, It talks about uh, so many different times that God speaks through that prophet. For Hilda, there is no other case that speaks about him using her other than this one case. So many questions about whether she is actually a normal prophet or someone with the gift of prophecy, which is a little bit different than somebody like Isaiah. But in any case, uh, they go to her uh, to find out because the king wants to uh, know right away what all this uh, that he's read meant. And so... They went to Hilda. Now, Hilda was known to, uh, by the servants of the king to be a woman that had the ability to, to interpret prophecy. God had blessed her with this gift of prophecy. She had more, and amazing that she had more understanding of God's word than the high priest and the scribes in Jerusalem at that time. Now, probably she wouldn't know more than uh, Jeremiah because Jeremiah was a designated prophet in this in this particular era but jeremiah was not evidently was not in uh near the king at that time 
And now it says that now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college. And this college is not speaking of a place of higher learning like Panola College or Stephen F. Austin. Uh, it is a, it's a place where the prophet uh, stood it, and it was not a place where the prophet stood it and trained. It is, it is speaking of the inner court where she lived. And the inner court was just outside the city of Jerusalem. So that is uh, speaking more of where she dwelled rather than thinking of it as a college. And they communed with her. The messenger explained to hear the, the, the king's request. In other words, they told her about the book. And they uh, they descri uh, described, had read it to the king. Uh, they told her that it disturbed the king. And, and uh, God's wrath uh, predicted against Judah, the inhabitants and the king. So the king, they explained all these things to her that the king was looking for. And God speak uh, to the king messenger through Hilda. And she said unto them, Thus said the Lord of Israel, Tell the man that sent you to me. Okay, and, and what that is concerned to that, and she said unto them, What she is about to say is not of her, but rather of God. Thus said the Lord God of Israel. So the source is not that of an Allah God, but that of the true God of Israel. He'll just speaking it uh, clear so as the, the God she is referring to. She's wanting to make sure that they know that this is the God of Israel. It is not any God of the people around them. Uh, she is letting them know that her, that her words will not be uh, her own, but be, be the words of the God of Israel. Uh, the true and only living God. So she tells, and she says, tell the man that sent you to me. Now, why she says the man, uh, instead of saying the king, is not understood. It's just, I don't know why she says it that way, but she calls him the man instead of the king. And <clears throat> verse 16 says, Thus said the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read. Thus said the Lord, she is declaring the meaning of the prophecy that shook the king so deeply. She's, she's declaring what it meant. Behold, I will bring evil upon this place. Judah is predicted to be destroyed. Uh, and the time is near its doom. So she's talking about uh, the destruction of Judah, which is going to happen very in the next few years. So our time is not God's time, but it's going to happen. And upon up, up the, the inhabitants, they are. God has pronounced that the curse upon the inhabitants of Judah will be uh, will be that they will be captured and taken into captivity by the enemy. So that is the prediction that she's talking about. And that even all the words of the book which the God, which the king of Judah has read. Uh, so all that she's talking about is all that is recorded in Leviticus 26 and the closing chapter of Deuteronomy will be a curse upon the 
upon the disobedience of the nation of sin. In other words, she's talking about what God has, has proclaimed in this book. God And God is faithful in pouring out his justice on man. So what God has predicted, has, has, has said, is going to happen, is going to happen. And he, God goes, uh, she goes so far as to tell, uh, make the justification why God wrath is on them. And, she, and that's what verse 17 is talking about. It's saying, because you have hearkened, have forsaken me, and have, that's God's, uh, she speak, that's God speaking, because you have forsaken me, and have burnt incense uh, unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hand. Therefore, my wrath shall be, shall be killer against this place, and shall be, and not be quenched. In other words, he's saying, because you've done this, Julia guilty of whispering bell and burning incense on the top of their houses to this false god and the islands of the land. So uh, God is honoring his words. He says, because they have forsaken me. The people of God have entered in a covenant with him when they, were at, uh, when they first came out of Egypt. He would be their God and they would be his people. And those are the words that they swore unto him. Uh, by breaking the covenant, covenant will result in punishment by the wrath of God. God is a, lo- a long-suffering, and he gives his people space to repent and, and uh, uh, a chance uh, uh, to repent of their sin. But he, he, he is not going to last forever. The limit is just so long that he will extend this forgiveness for disobedient people. And, and the people of Israel has, has did this over and over and over and over, and, and God has reached his part with them. His people have turned away from him and serve an isle of God. So the rest of God is, is killing and will, and will be, not be deferred again. In other words, he's not going uh, to go through with what he has, uh, has said going to happen to them. Uh, and it's because of the sins of the people of Judah in that they have, the scripture said, and burn incense unto other gods. They have broken their covenant relationship with him by serving other gods. He says in, in the Ten Commandments, do you have no other god before me? And so they have deliberately broken the covenant that they have with, with him. And the action of the people of Judah is inexcusable that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hand. In other words, they doing this and, and act like they're trying to uh, provoke that in, in uh, a, a response out of him. Uh, so they are deliberately chosen to disobey God and burn incense to hollows. Uh, <clears throat> they were to remain faithful to God and to no other God. And then uh, it says unto them that, that my wrath shall be shall be killer against this place and shall not be quenched. Judah has come to a place where they have no more opportunity to receive forgiveness from the Lord. So in other words, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, he's just fed up. He's just not going to take it no more. Gonna, my judgment is going to be up on you. But he does something that lets us know that even we talk about being under grace now. And and, and 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 mercy, but even under the law, you can see how how merciful God He is. Uh, 
And so he says something that uh, uh, has nothing but mercy wrote all over. He says, but to the king of Judah, which sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus say, thus say ye say to him, thus said the Lord of Israel, the God of Israel, Lord of Israel, God of Israel, as touching the word which thou hast heard. So Judah uh, first gave the meaning of the prophecy of the God that addresses what God was doing to do to the land of Judah and to the heavens. Now she's speaking about a positive note as to what God would do as it relates to the king. So she says, but to the king of Judah, that but and, uh, is a, a conjunction. In other words, it's indicating there's something different that's going to happen uh, against what had been prophesied against the land and the inhabitants of Judah will not be the same for the king, which you sent. These messages were uh, messages was on a mission for the king to inquire of the Lord. The messengers were to learn what was the meaning of his prophecy regarding the land, the inhabitants, and the king. So what you are inquiring of, what a Lord, uh, is going to be explained here. But the king is going to be, is, is actually, because of what he's done, thus said the Lord God of Israel, as touching the words which thou hast heard. The answer to the king's question based on and limited to the prophecy in the book of the law that the king has read to him. So in other words, God's little mercy is going to show up here. God has favor on the king of Judah. So he says, because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord, when thou hast heard his word, I spoke against this place, and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and has rent thy clothes and wept before me. I have also heard thee, says the Lord. In other words, the actions of the king when he when they read to him the scripture of what God how God displeased God was going to be if they broke the covenant with them, and the king rent his clothes. Uh, uh, when God saw that. It had, God showed favor to the king. And he did it because, first of all, he says, because thine heart was tender. In other words, a tender heart means a heart that has successfully contended with the great difficulties. In other words, in all this that, 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 that they had done, his uh, king before him, the two kings that led up before him, how they had led this uh, the country into idolatry and, 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 and worshiping of our God. Uh, this king has come around and uh, turned around and, and went back to where it was supposed to be. And that uh, he believed in serving the Lord. He's restoring the temple uh, and he rent his clothes. It is a, a blessed heart of God. It is a heart that keeps itself from a sinful conduct. And because thine heart was still all what he did was completely opposite from what the king before him had done. He he yielded to God's uh, commandments. Uh, the second reason for God showing the king favor is thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord. 
when thou hearest what I spoke against this place. In other words, the word of God made him humble himself, and that pleased God that he humbled himself before God. It is a uh, shows great obedience to the Lord to humble yourself before him, and he did that. And the third reason God showed favor to the king is that the king had a repentant heart, and he rent his clothes. The renting of his clothes by the king is a sign of having a repentance and a prayerful heart. In other words, Lord, forgive us for what we've done wrong. Uh, so many times you hear about uh, in the scripture of the Israelis renting their clothes. That is, that is a sign that they are, 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 are trying to show repentance for what they have done. So God will reward the king by sparing him from the coming calamities and says, Behold, therefore, I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered unto thy grave in peace, and that I shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this place. And so, uh, again, uh, the king, uh, God is showing favor to him. He says, because thou, the heart of the king, God will reward him for his obedience, his faithfulness, his commitment to pleasing God. Behold, therefore, God is pleased with all that the king did. Hosea was a godly king, and he walked in the ways of King David. Some of the things that he uh, is doing is lining up with the same way King David praised the Lord. David was one of the greatest kings that when he, and they didn't say that he didn't make some mistakes, but when David made some mistakes, David had a way of falling down and, 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 and humbling himself before the Lord and asking for forgiveness. Uh, so God promised that he would spur the king from experiencing the wrath that he will bring on Judah. Behold, therefore, I will gather thee into thy father, and thou shall be gathered unto thy grave in peace, and thy eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring upon this pain. The king will die in Bella before the wrath of God will be poured out upon Judah. Thus God words to the king, telling him of his fate, were fulfilled exactly as God has said he would do for the king. And then so because of uh, Hosea's great uh, service to the Lord, during his king as king of Judah, there will not be the wrath that is going to come after he, uh, uh, after he dies. They're going to be taken off into captivity, but it's not going to be during his reign. God is going to spare that uh, from him until after he has died, and then he's going to bring his wrath. He's not going to change his mind. God doesn't change. When once he decrees something, once he says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. But he didn't say what time it was going to happen. Uh, he's delaying the time of it because uh, Hosea has showed such great favor in his eye because he uh, give in and does what God has asked him to do. God shows favor on him. Uh, this lesson shows us uh, that uh, when we discover any biblical truth, uh, uh, when we see the word of God uh, being uh, pronounced, that that we should accept it, place it in our heart, and be governed by it. And that's what Hosea does. 
when he when he read that scripture, when they read that scripture to him, what he did is he accepted that as biblical truth. Uh, he placed it in his heart, and he let it govern him. He 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 tried to to adhere to what to the kind of a life that God had asked him to live. And that's what we ought to do. We ought to live the kind of life that God has asked us to live. He'd asked them not to worship all of gods. And there they were burning incense unto all of gods and, and worshiping the moon and the stars. And uh, Manasseh wished them worshiping the stars and the moon and astronomy and all those kind of things. He got away from worshiping the one that created all those things. And so... Uh, but Hosea got back to what God had asked his kings to do. And that is the essence of this this lesson. Comments from anybody? Uh, but teacher, we thank you for a lesson we are taught seeking wisdom for the future. And we see here even the king, uh, no matter what position or who you are, uh, you need direction from the Lord. And he has given us uh, the roadmap, and like you said, the Bible. Uh, but as I was looking at this message, seeking wisdom, and remember that Solomon asked the Lord for two things, wisdom and knowledge. And and to go out uh, before his people. So you see the king needed some guidance, and not only the king, but all of us need some uh, guidance from the Lord, and, and we got to seek God. That's why he told we got to seek his faith, uh, because our ways are not his ways, and his ways not our ways. And we cannot put God on a timetable because uh, he is uh, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I just thank God that, uh, tonight about how he had a heart to accept the will of God. And we, as children of God, we ought to be able to accept when we ask for something, when we're seeking for something, when we're knocking for something, we ought to accept whatever the will is. We ought to say, let thy will be done. Nothing else, Pastor, is on you. Okay. Well, thank you uh, again to all of you that have gathered here tonight. We just want to continue to pray for each other. Thank you, Deacon Wade. Thank you for the class, and thank you all of you for attending on tonight. Uh, I always say let us continue to pray. I just want to uh, give uh, flowers to whom flowers do it. We thank God for this month of uh, March. Uh, sister, our very own Sister Burchett, uh, she, uh, S-A-K-S of Love, it says the March Pillar Award and over 40 years of service. So they, she she deserves that. So we thank God for Sister Burchett. Amen. Thank God for them that nominated her. And she has, uh, and I read in there and, and I, I I looked in there uh, the writing, and they said that she 
even love the one that she had to paddle. She still loved them too. Amen. So, yeah, I, I reminded her of how the Lord said he chastised whom he loved. So, amen. So, Sister Birchett still loved them. Amen. Amen. They had to get straight now. Thank God for that. Uh, very special announcement uh, to all that is on. Uh, I want to explain ourselves as we are together. Uh, I prayed, and the Lord gave me a vision, and the Lord gave me an answer, and I shared it with uh, Deacon Wade and Deacon uh, King, and then I have shared it with some of you all. Uh, as you all know, uh, I believe the majority of us, maybe all of us now, is getting the God are getting shots. So uh, we have prayed about it. So on the first Sunday in May, the first Sunday in May, uh, the Lord will allow us to see that day we'll be going back into the church. Uh, let me explain something to you. We will still have our social distance. We will still have our uh, mask. Uh, but uh, on the first Sunday in May, uh, we will go back into the church, and the time will be 10 o'clock. We will stay with the 10 o'clock hour. Uh, and I share with uh, the deacons and others that on Sunday we will still have those that will be getting on the conference call, they will still be able to get on. Uh, but Anthony will be able to let them get on uh, before we start service. So um, on that Sunday and then on Wednesday nights, we will still continue to do the same thing on Wednesday nights. Uh, we will have our uh, a Sunday school list on Wednesday night on the conference call like we are tonight. But on the first Sunday in May, if it's the Lord's will, uh, we will be going back into the Walnut Grove Church family. We'll be going back into the building. So let us continue to pray for one another. Amen. That the Lord will see fit that that happens. Amen. We got to step out on faith uh, because this may be from now on. We never know. But the Lord, I, I, I'm just praying that the Lord, and I know he will take care of us. Amen. 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 So pray for us. Uh, as we pray for you, Amen. And pray, amen. pray for, uh, Amen. The Lord is uh, dealing with me on a sermon on in uh, Sunday morning, so pray for us as we study the Word of God for Sunday morning, Amen. Amen. God keep you. Uh, if there's anything else that brings to our attention, uh, again, Sister Burchett, I know you can hear us. I'm very proud of you, Amen. And that part of where you were spanking the kids. Amen, amen. You was giving them something they needed because of their mess up, but amen, you still love them. Amen. 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 God bless them. Amen. 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 40 years. Amen. 40 years. Amen. That's a good little while. Amen. 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 God bless you. Keep you. Is anyone else have anything else? Anything else uh, that draws to our attention? If there's nothing else, uh, we're getting ready to dismiss for tonight. Thank you, students. Thank you, teacher. Uh, thanks for everything. God bless. God keep. Uh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we lift holy hands. We say in this place tonight, we just say thank you. Thank you for 
your many blessings. Thank you for everything you have done for us, doing for us. And while you're doing and while you're making a way out of nowhere, we're going to praise you. We're going to magnify. We're going to lift you up. Master, in the name of Jesus, we ask, look upon the sick, shut in, and bereaved family. Look upon those that are less fortunate than we are. Father, let us realize we are our brother's keepers. Keep us in our loving care. Father God, and I may the grace of God, sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with. Hence not and forevermore, shall we all say, Amen. 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 Yes. Pastor. Yes. Yes. Uh, book has come in, so we're going to try to get them to everybody this week. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Amen. All right. Oh. Amen. God bless. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walnut Grove Baptist Church podcast. If you feel led to do so, you can leave a gift at bit.ly slash walnutgrovegiving. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.